Hey, you're listening to the C3 Network Podcast with Dan Holland. Our mission is to create a network of micro churches that are finding, teaching, and equipping people to be on mission. Our hope is that this encourages you. Be sure to leave us a review so you can help us share our message with more people who need to hear it. And now, Dan Holland. Hello, my name is Dan Holland, and today we're in Genesis chapters 8 and 9, where we learn about the covenant that God made with Noah and all humans. These chapters are literally filled with rainbows and sunshine. We learned from chapter 7 that the flood started a year-long quarantine for Noah and his family. Now, I know that we can't imagine at all what it's like to be quarantined, but imagine spending 370 days on a boat with a literal zoo aboard. Not just quarantine with your dog or cat, your kids, maybe your husband or wife, and Netflix, of course. I'm thinking they probably could have even used a little Febreze. But living in a zoo during the flood? Now that I think about it, I guess it beats the alternative, right? What you may not know is that Noah and his family stayed on the ark for 87 days after the land appeared dry, which is an act of faith. See, verse 13 implies that the surface was dry. Then verse 14 announces that the earth was dried. It took nearly three months of waiting. Waiting for God's command shows trust. But come to think of it, they may not have had a choice but to stay on the ark for those additional 87 days because according, if you remember back in Genesis 7, verse 16, specifically says that before their 370-day cruise began, it says, then the Lord shut him in. So since God has shut them in, we can reasonably assume that no one could leave the ark until God let them out. But eventually, they walk out of the ark. Now, starting in Genesis chapter 8, verse 21, God makes a covenant with Noah, promising no more global destruction despite humanity's inclination to evil. And this is what he says. Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood, and never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. Then, in chapter 9, verse 1, God commands, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. And it's not just a blessing. It's a command that ties later into the story of the Tower of Babel in chapter 11. We'll see how that turns out when they decide to ignore what God said. Again, the issue always comes down to whether we humans will trust God or try to outsmart God. So let's talk about the flood. Genesis chapter 2, verse 5 through 6 reveals that there was no rain before the flood. The earth relied on this, this unique process of evaporation and condensation. But in chapter 7, verse 11, it says the floodgates of the heavens were opened. There was a water canopy, you see, above the earth. The flood wasn't just rain. It was the disintegration of the water canopy above that continued for 40 days. As if that weren't enough water, add to that when in verse 11, it says all the springs of the great deep bursting forth. That's a lot of water suddenly dumped onto the surface of the earth, right? There were 40 continuous days of this water, this rain from the heavens and water flowing out of the earth, and then 330 days for it to recede. And one more thing, 
you'll notice that lifespans began to shorten after the flood compared to the genealogical record in Genesis chapter 5. What's up with that? Well, there's two notable things that are different at this point in contrast to Genesis chapter 5. First, that canopy of water that engulfing the earth disappeared after the flood. The world now faced direct sunlight. Some theories link that shortened lifespan to the absence of the canopy that once shielded harmful sun effects on the body. Mm. That sounds like a viable theory to me. Second, their diet changed. If you read chapter 9, verse 2 and 3, now I jokingly say that this is when barbecue was invented, which I appreciate. Seriously, although their diet changed after the flood, it didn't happen immediately. It took a few hundred years of gradually decreasing lifespans before they began to fall into the range that we're more familiar with today. Now, not only was it the start of barbecue, it was also the first time that rainbows were possible. So while the canopy of water you see was in place over the earth, the earth was never exposed to direct rays of sunlight. It was always diffused by the moisture comprising that, that comprised that canopy. But after the flood, the canopy of water over the earth was gone, which allowed direct sunlight leading to rainbows. Rays of sunshine bending through pockets of moisture, creating rainbows. So with the canopy gone, rainbows were possible. Imagine what it must have been like for Noah to see rainbows for the very first time. And the canopy being gone also meant that the conditions required to bring about another flood that covered the entire earth as it had were no longer present. To start the conversation today, read Genesis chapter 8 and 9, and then say whether you agree or disagree with this statement. As a sign of God's covenant in Genesis 9, the rainbow is a promise that natural disasters will never again devastate the earth. Now let the conversation begin. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this podcast, we post a new episode each week. So be sure to subscribe and leave us a review so you can help share our message. We'll see you next time.